graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. We're recording. I'm doing my stretches because I got a process. As an artist, you know that. Go ahead and check your yeah. levels real quick. Just talk. Ha, ho, he, ha, <laughs> he, ha. That's, that's good. That's how I check levels. <laughs> I, I, I know. I've seen your shows. I, I just started today. You've oh. never seen me check my levels like that. No? No? Okay. No. Fair enough. And on that bombshell, kids, welcome to the Low Blow. My name is Adam Zielinski, and it's time to get blown. Dave is still out on a sabbatical. <laughs> Hold on. Calm down, sir. Dave is still on a sabbatical due to his fractured butthole. Um, and I, I, I've been wanting to do this particular episode of this show for quite some time. I generally try to get these guys when they're in town because they're from Denver. Uh, but I don't know if you know. I have a one of my favorite bands is this little, little tiny itty bitty little band out of Denver that travels the world playing music, called MF Ruckus. But they weren't always MF Ruckus, and how I discovered them is when they were fourth year, and I heard this beautiful song called "Hungry for Your Butt," and it just it just touched me and resonated with me in ways. I cannot explain. And then there's this front man who's always been like this nice, gentle, warm soul until you put a microphone in his hand and he owns that in ways you can't really tell until you see it. Ladies and gentlemen, from Denver, Colorado, a good friend of mine and someone I hope to learn more about and get better friends after this show, Aaron Howell. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Warm and gentle. <laughs> I, I I like that attribution. That's very nice. You are a warm it's, and guess, gentle person. Well, I guess the 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 alter ego thing is like that whole that Jungian shadow thing. Yeah. You know, I I was always kind of a little hyperactive kid and kind of a little shit. And uh, the stuff that's in my brain that that is kept at bay by the 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 gentle warm filter at the front of my consciousness <laughs> like that that needs a an appropriate place to kind of to kind of come out and do its thing so so i'm not all that warm and gentle that's just the that's the distilled boiled down part that uh that that, that the ego allows to exist in the world i i am Quite a son of a bitch if you ask the right people. <laughs> well, you have always been very kind to me, and you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to. And you are, so, you know, kudos well, to we you. Don't have, I mean, we don't have to be kind to anyone, but I think in an ideal scenario, uh, it would it would serve us all pretty well if we could all learn to be a little more sane and a little nicer to each other. I, I kind of agree with that. Um, so you, you have been doing music for how long? Like this has been a minute Uh, for you. Well, so playing in bands, let's start with that. Okay. Um, the very first fourth year freshman show was St. Patrick's day, 1997. So I was, um, I was a teenager and that like that was like a show at a youth group that had punk rock concerts and stuff like that. <laughs> Knowing I what was, I know of your band, a youth group just sounds so much funnier. Well, it was really <laughs> cool. Um, what was really cool about the place is, is, yes, it was a Christian youth group, but they were so open minded and uh, unobtrusive with their beliefs that a lot of agnostic atheist, you know, non-spiritual type yeah. of kids went there and it was such a um a comfortable environment that that we would even go to the bible study they had a youth group on tuesday nights that we would go to and they had skate ramps and pool tables and what? arcade what? games and this exists and cookies and oh yeah it used to when i was okay. a kid the place they even let us name the place there was a meeting oh geez and uh when and we all put names in a in a hat and then we all voted on them 
and uh, and the name that won was Tuesday Night at Your Mom's. Like that's <laughs> that's what it was called. Tuesday Night at Your Mom's. That was that was the youth group I went to, and um, and yeah, and you would you would go skate and watch bands play. Like I don't know if you've ever heard. You probably never heard of them because they're a pretty obscure band. But there's a band, uh, a punk rock band out of Denver called Four, that was pretty popular. A long time no, ago, I don't, like I 90s. don't think so. Well, uh, uh, like the guys from Four would hang out there, and and you know some of their new bands would uh, play shows, and like Five Iron Frenzy played there, and you know it was uh, like it was a Christian youth group, but it was a really cool place to hang out. And like I said, it was so it was such a comfortable environment that we would, you know, we wanted to go do something on Monday nights too. So we would go to the Monday night Bible study and we would hang out and talk about revelations and talk about all these different things. And Larry Pombianco, the guy who ran the thing loved having the atheists and the agnostics and the, and the loud non-believer kids there because, you know, he wasn't just surrounded by a bunch of sycophants you know, of, of people who are just sitting there never questioning the good book. You know, we were questioning everything and we were curious about it as, as a mythology and as a, as a philosophical guide and, um, you know, a work of literature. And, and to, you know, I just thought it, I've always been fascinated with religion. I've always been fascinated with, um, uh, with, with the different ideas that drive people's lives and, and human behavior. So, so yeah, totally. So, yeah, so that's a kind of a long answer, but um, I was playing bass for the band at the time. That was the, that was the first concert I played in a rock and roll band. But even before that, I was in, I played trumpet in the jazz band at school, and I would do musicals and, and theater, and I was in the citywide choir when I was a kid, and I've always I've always been involved in uh, in live entertainment in some form as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I was doing Gilbert and Sullivan in uh, <laughs> in elementary school. Seriously, that's I was awesome. In, uh, I'm not, I'm laughing because I'm like I know you now, and I would I'm like here here's this dude who's like super intelligent, super funny. I just I never peg you for doing musical theater. Oh, is, I was I majored in I majored in theater at the Denver School of the Arts, which was a uh, which was a uh, school that you had to audition to get into, even though it was a public high school. Yeah. Um, you know, you had to audition to get in. And uh, I initially auditioned for instrumental music on trumpet and, and theater, and I was accepted for both, and I ended up, um, I ended up majoring in theater. Uh, so what drove you to theater? Did you just want to perform? Or? You know, I, at that time in my life, um, when I was, when I was much younger, what I really wanted to do is I really wanted to be an actor and I really wanted to be a comedian and I really wanted, I wanted to be in movies and I wanted to be on stage. That was, that was what I was interested in. And then when I got a little bit older and I started getting into rock and roll and, and punk rock and, and, you know, MTV's a thing and you're watching, music videos and and uh we had uh i'm sure you guys had something similar to this but we had a our pbs affiliate station um here had a program called music link and um music link was sponsored by twist and shout and wax tracks the local kind of like cool record stores here and they would show uh you know kind of 16 horsepowers from here. I know I don't know if that means anything to you like Woven Hand like, no. like 16 horsepower is the band that like preceded Woven Hand and Slim Cessna's Auto Club. I know Slim like Cessna. That. I know of yeah, that. Yeah, so like before Slim Cessna there was there was 16 horsepower and like you'd see 16 horsepower videos and then other local bands and just kind of weird uh you know, uh, record store guy bands, yeah. you know, like obscure bands you've never heard of and like lots of videos for that. I love that you and keep saying have, that because that's funny. Well, yeah, cause, <laughs> because it's, uh, it's obnoxious. It, 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 it is. <laughs> and, it is. uh, and, uh, as, you know, as much as I like to make fun of that, that archetype, I certainly have a tendency to, um, perpetrate some of the behavior. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so and then one of their kind of side shows was this show called Punk TV, 
and a kid I rode the school bus with was the host. And, you know, that's where I saw, like, No Doubt for the first time. And, you know, heard about Green Day and The Offspring and, and you know, all the all the punk bands of, of the early to mid-90s and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, uh, I was a skinny little kid who kind of got beat up a lot. And the idea of... You and me both. You know... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I still get beat up, but I'm not skinny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're still skinny. Oh, I'm thank just, you. Uh, I just like to think that I'm leveling out, you know yeah. what I mean? Because uh, the bubble's in the middle now. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, I, it does. I'm, I'm skinny, but I'm starting to get... I'm, star- I, I'm skinny, but I'm starting to get a gut. Yeah, well, you're so getting, you're getting that dad bod thing going on. Yeah, and my uncle always told me, you know, you're on the level when the bubble's in the middle. So there you go. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, and so Logan, our bass player, uh, Logan's brother Marshall, got us into, you know, he introduced us to metal and and Megadeth and Metallica and introduced us to punk rock, and, you know, in form of like No Effects and the Stooges and introduced us to ska in the form of like. Laurel Aitken and the Slackers and had this huge record collection and introduced us to Led Zeppelin and Soundgarden and Nirvana and yeah. all these bands. And so around that time, I kind of just decided that, um, you know, I probably had a, a greater chance of being cool and and meeting ladies and, and, uh, and standing out a bit more if I, uh, if I, went to music and i didn't have the patience to master an instrument you know i didn't have the patience to pick up a guitar and go through the process of 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 mastering it like tony and parker have yeah you know, and i i had an interest in the drums but my parents had no interest in me playing <laughs> the drums. my dad when i was and, 18 months old put a pair of drumsticks in my hand and said you will get chicks with this uh, I can count on like one hand how many chicks I've gotten because I play drums. Just for the record. <laughs> See, I always thought that, like, I thought the drummers. Uh, it, I, I always thought the drummers did so well with the ladies, but then you start. To just hey, I lost you. See that it's. Uh, can you? I lost you oh, for a you? second, for like a split second. Uh, it's fine. Can you hear me now? I can. Anyway, yeah, man. So drummers, Dr- drummers, drummers really do deserve. They uh, see. Here's the thing, though. They get into relationships. The drummers do. Oh yeah. Because they want someone yes, who's always going to help them haul their gear, since nobody in the band will. Um, at least that's been in my experience. For most bands, <laughs> I'm leaving one specific band out because they did help sometimes. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly just Shrek. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I but they got into relationships when, where when singers and guitar over, players, um, they usually get all the, the soiree of ladies. Which doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Um, no, it, you know what would always never made sense to me is you remember when Jerry was in the band? Yes. She, Jerry Jerry could barely play guitar. <laughs> and and we really just put him in the band because he was a he was a character and he was super creative great lyricist yeah. great you know very talented guy in his own right but not not a very skillful guitar player but he did better with the ladies than anybody else in the band and and i i was like man if this was if we did this in order of of skill you know it it would it would have to be the guitar players and the drummers first yeah right? Well, I mean, what? when you when you have see, here's the thing with Jerry, and I, I adore Jerry. Jerry was always fun, um, but he he's got that personality, he's got that character. So of course, people are going to gravitate to him. He doesn't have to be the most talented person in the world, but like you notice Jerry, you know, because yeah. he's doing something goofy or being silly or just being him, which is totally awesome. So so this this might surprise you. But at, uh, at one point, um, I had a job working for, like, a pickup artist training um, Bullshit. company that did, like, 
that did like online trainings. Yeah, totally. I wrote copy for them, and I and I uh, and I and I I fielded some of their email stuff. I, I shit you not. Like, Can you I, send me all I of did. that? I need help. Oh yeah. It, well, it's a great company. It just ended up getting taken over by some people I didn't uh, I didn't really care for. But the guy who originally founded the company was was actually a, a very um, conscious, open minded. Uh, you know, like was talking about how it was about building relationships and it was about, you know, being a better partner to your being a better partner to the woman in your life rather than trying to go out and yeah and dominate women in some way. So it was it was it was the message was great. It just got taken over by some greedy corporate assholes who ruined it. Yeah. And that's why I left. But um uh but yeah I, I answered their emails as the creator and stuff like that. Um and one of the things that they taught in this course was, you know, in the beginning of, of humans, it was like what made what made the, the male uh, gender role. And I say gender role, not necessarily limited to gender. Yeah. Like there's a there's a feminine gender role and a masculine gender, gender role. And regardless of regardless of of whether you're a man, a woman, gay, straight, trans, whatever. Uh, generally, in every relationship, there's someone who is more the masculine partner and someone who is more the feminine. Partner. Yeah, or or dominant and or subversive, depending on how you look sub- at submiss- it. Yeah, dominant and submissive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's not, not that's not in a derogatory yeah, sense. Yeah, no, not at all. That's just that that's the yin and yang of the of the relationship. Thing. Yeah. But one of the things that they taught was they taught that uh, you know the old male gender role was about being a provider protector you know what made you an attractive mate was can you provide you know can you hunt can you gather can you do all these things and can you protect if if a saber-toothed tiger comes into our you know cave are you going to be able to fight him off with a spear and then uh, the fem- you know the the feminine gender role was was more uh, you know, nurturer it was uh, about being the the caregiver and things like that so what has changed is since we no longer have saber-toothed tigers coming into our cave and attacking us and stuff is is what makes uh uh the male gender role most attractive is are they a social provider protector yeah are they someone are they someone that people depend on and look up to and and feel comfortable and cool and around and what Jerry always had and and still has to this day is he makes people feel really comfortable. He he's everybody's buddy. He's he's very likable. He no matter who you are, he can uh, create an environment such that you feel you feel welcome and you feel like you're part of the tribe. And I think and, and he's funny as shit too. That's yeah. why that's why chicks dig funny guys, you know what I mean? Like the, the guy is hilarious and he was the life of the party. So uh, I guess any. I guess what I'm saying is, if I were to give advice to any young man out there who's thinking about picking up a guitar and mastering that craft, put your time into your social skills instead. And yeah, learn and, some power chords and, get, and be funny. Yeah, learn some power chords and be funny. Learn how to be charming. Uh, I, I, Tony said that to me one time. We was like. We were talking, I was thinking about trying to pick up a guitar because I have this really weird skill where I can alternate pick pretty quickly just because it's a, a nervous habit of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, wait, where'd you learn how to do that? I'm like, I don't know, Guitar Hero? He's like, dude, just learn some power chords and just we'll stick you in ruckus and you can go on tour with us and like Jerry did. Like completely choking. <laughs> but he's like, dude, just learn power chords. You can play fucking anything. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then Tony did something and I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to pass. Because it's Tony. <laughs> Fucker bastard and so talented at everything. I hate him, but I love him at the same yeah. time. Um, yeah. So when did you decide, like, you know what? I'm going to just go full on front man and do all the fr- full frontal stuff. Um, so like I mentioned before in the early iteration of the band, uh, I was just uh, – uh, I was the bass player. And we had a different singer. Um, this guy – this guy Adrian, uh, who passed away last year, oh, I'm God sorry. rest his soul. Yeah, he was uh, he was a he was a very very beautiful human being, and uh, uh, during the time that we had together, I loved him very much. And uh, he he was the original singer, and um, eventually he you know he's a he's a young guy. He's starting to kind of 
flake out and drift yeah. away and didn't really seem all that into it. So, so we eventually, um, he left the band and, uh, we got Logan to play bass. Logan's Logan actually has, um, a jazz background. He was in, he was in jazz band. He came from a family that, that was very much about school band. And I jazz had band no idea. Like that. That's yeah, amazing. Logan, that explains Logan a lot was, too. His brother was a, uh, uh, sax and clarinet player. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, they both, uh, the three of us were in like the Denver junior police band and we were all involved in jazz band and stuff like that. And, um, Logan, uh, yeah, Logan was a bass player and, uh, we were both, you know, when we were younger, the first concert I ever went to me, Logan and his brother, Marshall, my dad took us to go see Primus and Mike Watt oh, wow. at Red Rocks on the Punchbowl tour. Yeah. And, you know, so we were both, I think Logan and I both wanted to be bass players at the same time. And we were both super into it. And he just stuck with it after I kind of quit and focused on just being a front man. And Logan became the bass player. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So it was pretty early on. I would say probably 98 um, when we started doing our first demos and, and things like that. I had, we did one demo with Adrian and then after he left the band um, I would have, I would have one song that I would come out and do. I would do uh, forming by the germs. Okay. So we do, we do a whole set and then, and then I would come out and do forming and a lot of people were kind of like, wow, you did a really good job at that. You know, you should, you should be a, a front man. And then eventually when uh, Adrian left, I took his position and uh, started doing it full time and never, never really picked up bass again. Like I can, I can play, like I can play number of the beast. There you go. That's more than I can you play know? in bass. I could play yeah. uh, mud shovel by stained, but just that first beginning, <laughs> that ding, 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 that's, that's it. And then maybe a little bit of the beginning of nothing else matters on guitar. And then absolutely nothing at drums. I can't play drums at all. It's terrible. I'm I'm <laughs> pick I'm I'm picking. Yeah, I can't play drums to save my life. I am picking up more guitar these days, though. Yeah. Um, I've I've made the decision to make uh, daily writing a part of my practice, and uh, and so I've actually been working on a Christmas album for my family, doing it all on GarageBand Mobile. Oh, um, that's adorable. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm I'm up to 14 songs. There you go. Um, and you know they're all super lo-fi, corny, uh, garage band songs, but they're a lot of fun. I'm gonna put it on. Uh, I'm gonna put it on Bandcamp here in a couple of days, and uh, I'm going to obviously gift it to my family, but then I'm gonna make it available to the public, um, and uh, give the proceeds to uh, to charity. I haven't picked the charity yet. I'm thinking I might. Do Doctors Without Borders, but I don't know yet. Um, there's a um, charity that I'm really into that uh, when I can give, I ha- and I have. It's, um, it's ironically, it's Kevin Smith's charity, but uh, it's called the Wayne Foundation. And what they do is they help um, women who were sex trafficked to get out of that industry. Uh, get out. I don't want to say industry, but out of that uh, situation. It's an industry. It no, is. Make make no jokes. Yeah. It's an industry. Um, but the women who are sex trafficked, or and and anyone who is sex trafficked, um, out of that, and then like kind of re put into society with a helping you know stepping stone and getting them medical help and help with What's jobs. What's the name of it? It's called the Wayne Foundation, as in Bruce Wayne. Okay. Um, it's, oh, cool. Yeah. That's Kevin Smith for you. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, he helps a lady out of Florida who was um, in that situation. It's really her foundation, but he he's kind of the face, and he says, "Hey, donate money." So that's a really fun one because you know who doesn't want to help people who were abused? And uh, we you know. we have a friend we have a friend who um, works in in the the uh, sex traffic um, division the uh, of. Uh, Houston Vice. Yeah. Um, you've you've met him before. I, I, I have. You, I, as yeah. soon as you said Houston, I'm like, I know exactly who that is. Yeah, I won't. I won't say it on air because he does. He does do undercover work. Yeah. But, no, uh, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, and it's a it's a serious problem, and uh, yeah. that's a really good that's a good idea. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll think about that. Yeah, look into um, it. And... I'll do some research. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I have 
So one of the things that I'm doing is um, the way I figure it is uh, I've gotten really into these ideas of uh, the compound effect of just basically doing things on a daily basis, like, you know, having just a few habits that you do every day that, um, you know, compounded and aggregated over time will basically lead to a certain thing that you want. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to be a songwriter. I love writing songs. I love entertaining people. I love bringing joy into the world and I love music. So, uh, I've been writing every day and I have this very, uh, very lo-fi annoying, uh, so, uh, side project where I go under the title gentleman deluxe Oh, geez. and I just, I just started, I just started the band camp yesterday and, uh, and that'll be that'll be going uh, going live here soon with the debut being this Christmas album that nice. end up end up being I think it'll end up being eighteen songs. I'm not totally sure. My uh, my dad and my sister and I, you've you, you know these people rather well. Um, years ago, wrote they took about four months to do it. Recorded a bunch of covers and it's all Christmas songs and they did all the parts, all the drums, all the piano, all the saxophone. And they put out a twenty-six song album that is only wow. that only circulates through the entire family. Nobody else has it. I think my ex-girlfriend's parents have one because they were super born again and loved Christmas. But every Christmas Eve, we have to listen to that st- stupid record, and it's it's really really good. And I mean, they do everything from you know White Christmas to Two Front Teeth. That's really cool. Yeah, and yeah, it's a great idea. I think the album you know, I, I, is about like. I what? try not to. I try not to give. A, a few years ago, I told my family that I was going to stop giving material goods as gifts. Yeah, and and start doing um, activities. You yeah. know, making memories. So, because uh, I just, I I don't want to be a part of that. Like adding to the trash heap you know i want to do yeah. what i can to, to to reduce that as much as possible and and uh you know i i don't remember what i what i got for christmas four years ago yeah you know what i mean but i do remember three years ago when i took my family to the museum and i remember taking my family to dinner and the movies and i remember you know yeah i remember the time that we spent together i mean that's and, when we're dead all we have is our memories and our stories pretty much and so that's what i'm trying to focus on is just is giving experiences to to the people i care about plus since uh the van just got wrecked and um and i basically lost two-thirds of my income i saw that (laughs) i am so i'm so glad you're a-okay sir you know and it's a it's a blessing in disguise yeah and the the insurance is going to is going to pay for uh most of it and then I have gap coverage from the dealership, and they're going to close out my loan. And then I'm just going to get a bus pass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a guy here in town who rents his van to bands. Yeah, at uh, fifty bucks a month, or no, not fifty bucks a month, fifty bucks a day. Yeah, and with what I was paying between insurance and vehicle payments and gas, uh, that van was costing me a thousand bucks a day. Yeah, or a thousand bucks a month. Now and, is uh, Denver like? You know how Chicago, where you can get around on public transit pretty often, easily, or is it like more like LA, it's, where you it's can't? not like it's not like Chicago, but it's it's pretty decent. The other thing is is that Denver, like central Denver, Denver has like the main downtown area, and then it's like sprawling suburbs. Yeah. So there there is there are buses. The light rail system is is growing all the time. But you can also ride a bicycle in Denver pretty easily. Um, All year long? uh, You can pretty much ride from end of March to through middle of November. Oh, that's not bad. And and, and even right now, um, I mean, it's snowing today and we've had a few cold days. But, you know, we're into the the third week of December and – We've still had days in their fifties and sixties. Yeah, the weather in Colorado changes so often. You know, we one of the reasons people love living here is because the weather is is so mild. Yeah, uh, we really don't have the intense cold like you guys get. <laughs> 
What? What are you talking about? You don't have negative 40 degrees with the wind chill? No? No, 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 no. no. Um, so getting back to the, uh, the task at hand. Um, mm. So fourth year does their first show. It's years later when you show up to Chicago and are introduced to this whole world. Years um, later. It was years uh, later. God, I want to say it was. It wasn't. It was like 2005 when we met you guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so 2005. So, so uh, almost you know 10 years after our first show, and yeah. we had we had played Chicago before, but um, in fact, the first tour we ever went on, we played uh, in. We played like a barn show in Naperville. Oh, jeez. I'm so yeah. sorry. We played a barn show in Naperville, and um, we played uh, – God, we played a house show. We played a house show near downtown um, a, a couple years after that. But really, we didn't have any solid Chicago hookups until um, a mutual friend – introduced uh introduced us to damien and tony and the road yeah. crew guys and and honestly that meeting that chance meeting changed the course of our uh musical career forever i um, and you know what we, as egotistical as it sounds i have to agree with that 100 percent because I, I was there to watch it happen you know yeah kind of on the sidelines oh. and stuff we were a shitty punk rock band and Tay Tay had started playing with us, and Tay is a very skilled guitar player and was a big blues and rock and roll guy. But at that point, he was pretty much just playing our stuff. Yeah, you know, he Tay originally had planned on only joining the band on a temporary basis, and he was he was pretty much just filling in, doing the stuff that uh, our old guitar player, who also unfortunately passed away last year. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, Jordan Waliba, um, or AKA Stag, um, was was writing the guitar stuff, uh, and I mean, um, Jordan was a lot of fun. Great, great guitar player. You know, loved well, great punk rock guitar player. You know, loved um, loved SOD and Anthrax and stuff like that. But really played kind of simple power chord type of stuff. I mean, J- Jordan didn't even have. Uh, Jordan didn't even have a high E string uh, on a guitar <laughs> for for a long time, um, but yeah. So so Tay was pretty much just uh, playing playing Jordan stuff, and then uh, we came out here and saw the Road Crew play, yeah. And we were just like, "Holy shit, we need to go home and practice." Now, is that an actual state? Or I, I hear that as a story. Is that actually like a verbatim, word for word discussion, sort of? Like, what's the truth behind oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the truth. I can't say that that was verbatim the the, the words yeah. that were said, but we were we listened to uh, live at the Double Door. Um, the whole rest of that tour, yeah. Uh, and I want to—I want to say we were on a God, we were on a long tour at that point. And for the rest of the tour, we were listening to um, uh, uh, to live at the Double Door, and we were just going. It just gave us so many ideas, and we wanted—we just I, on that trip, we ended up in um, in Johnson City, Tennessee, and we were. Uh, just drinking, drinking moonshine that we got it from our our buddy Dick in Johnson City. I swear, <laughs> drinking to God. Dick's moonshine. Yeah, we were drinking Dick's moonshine that we got in Johnson City, and Dick lived. Was, <laughs> Dick's moonshine dude. in Johnson City. Oh, here's the best part. Yeah, you know what the na- do you know what the name of the karate school was in Johnson City? I have no idea. It was Dong's karate <laughs> school. I swear to God. Swear oh, to God. that tickles me so much. So, so, uh, so yeah, he gave us a couple jars of moonshine and we went, um, we went to land between the lakes, Kentucky, and we camped out for the night because this was during a time when we, we camped a lot on the road Yeah, and we drank moonshine and we listened to Leonard Skinner and we had seen the road crew play and, and had this experience and we came back 
and that's when we uh, we wrote and started um, playing the songs that would be on the Rock Your Box album. Yeah, which which a lot of people said was kind of that was where the change happened. You know, that was where we stopped being a shitty punk rock, you know, hard hardcore metal crossover band. You know, I mean, we were, really we were just a bunch of kids making noise. Yeah, that was really when we crossed over to becoming a legitimate rock and roll band. Yeah, and uh, and we a large part of that is due to the experience of of meeting the road crew uh, family and just seeing the 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 lifestyle of musicianship you know because i mean let, let's be honest like the the road crew family they they play music they don't they don't work at it like it's some some master craft no they we, we and i i'm gonna include we because it's also part of the Zelinsky family i guess yeah it all falls yeah. under the road i i've always maintained that everyone with the exception of, I mean, I play for the fun of playing it uh, when I decide to play it. You know, for me, it's just like I'm going to go up and play because I just feel like it. I don't feel that I need to play every day because I have this and I have some other stuff that um, kind of lends to my more creative control side, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't know that everybody kind of understands. But, I mean, I've made no joke about it on this show. Every single person in my the Zelinsky side and the Wilburn side are all musicians. Yep. Everyone we know outside when it comes to the Matulas and everybody from the Displains crew are all musicians. And they all do it not for a monetary thing, not because, um, you know... They want to get rich or famous. They do it because that's just what they do. It's what we do. And I, I've begun to see it as a um, for it really brought to my awareness this idea of music as a religion. Yeah, you know, as almost as you you know some families have Catholicism. Like we are Catholic. That's what we are. Yeah. Or some families are like we are. You know, we are Jewish. That's who we are. And they're. And their Judaism or their or their Catholicism kind of uh, uh, defines it, them. It, well, it defines them, and it defines their social relationships, and it defines their their behavior, and 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 it it oozes into every aspect of their lives. Yeah. And with the Wilburns and Zelinskys, it's like music is their religion. You know, it's their. That music is their uh, spirituality. Yeah, and uh, and it was, and every time we go out there, it is just so amazing to see. You yeah. know, it's not like us trying to put a punk rock band together so that we can get laid. It's like, it's like, oh, just you know, I picked up guitar because everyone in my family plays music, and that's the instrument I picked up, or yeah. I play bass because. Because that's the instrument I picked up, or I play drums because that's the instrument I picked up, or I'm a singer because that's just you know it's just part of our lives. Yeah, and um, being becoming friends with your families has uh, has made me a better musician. You know, has made uh, has certainly upped the ante of of uh, what I consider skillful musicianship to be. And I would argue, and I don't think anyone inside of either families would disagree with me when I say this. But you guys, I would imagine, have already been adopted, you know, I so to so. speak. I, I would not – I mean, that was made very, very abundantly clear at Laura's wedding, which you killed, by the way, um, for the record. Oh, at the, we at the at wedding. At the wedding? Yeah. You know what? I I really felt um, after that experience, I, I, I began to stir a new – Following that experience and following doing Parker's wedding because I did wet, uh, Parker's wedding too. Yeah, I've begun. I've begun to stir this designation into the pot of of my of my identity. You know. Yeah. Um, I had this idea of just like, you know, because I'm I'm sure you know I've uh, I've studied um, life coaching yeah, and, and just personal development stuff and things like that. And I was entertaining the idea of becoming uh, becoming a coach full time and. And what I've really discovered is that my my role is is 
not just being an entertainer, you know, you stir in this element of kind of being um, a, a spiritual and philosophical and, and personal development guide and, and, you know, someone who can listen and, and talk to people and help out and who really does love being a part of uh, these events, like doing someone's wedding. And, and I began to think of the role of a spiritual leader in the community of like what a reverend or a priest or a minister or a rabbi has in the community. And they are to many people, you know, and, and again on this like rock and roll music as a religion, music as a spirituality, I've begun to give myself the designation of uh, community celebrant where I look at, you know, performing music and entertaining people as part of my designation of community celebrant of, you know, I go and I perform a wedding for people that I love and I care about because I want to be there for that major life. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure at some point in my life, uh, I will probably oversee funerals. I will probably oversee, uh, you know, I, I, I hope to be there for a lot of people's major life events. Um, you know, and, and so as because of that, because of that wedding, which was a which was a uh, a big kind of eye opening experience um, for me. Uh, you know, I've begun to look at my position as as a frontman, as singer, as this position of like my job is to come here and get these people up and to to energize them and to bring joy into their lives yeah. and to to find joy through entertaining people. And uh, and you know, doing that doing that wedding. Um, doing that wedding and Parker's wedding were, were definitely the events that steered me in that direction. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things is like when I, and, and you do have that presence is like anytime you're around someone or you're on stage, at least for me, I'm like, I don't know whatever I was pissed off about that day. I just, I completely forget, you know? And it's one of mm-hmm. those things is like, Oh, if I'm having a shitty day, there are two bands I go to. Uh, one is ruckus or fourth year, depending on what's on my iPhone at that point. Um, right. And uh, this artist uh, K Flay, it's kind of like the the two things I know. Where who I, is it? Uh, K Flay, she's uh, like she's she's about to win a fucking Grammy. Um, oh, cool. But she's uh, this Illinois based hip hop girl that just writes her own music and plays her own stuff and kind of like raps like poetic style over some really really amazing um, backing tracks. And she's got a full band now and. Her song "Blood in the Cut" is about to win a Grammy. She's nominated for it, which is really awesome because she's all independent. Like she's not on she's on a label, but it's not like a major Columbia or anything like that. She's on an independent ra- label, and she's touring. And I mean, it's going to be huge if she wins. Well, but, we're, we're we're seeing we're seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, and um, you know, with things like Patreon and which we're going to get to, I promise. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I, I, whatever you want to talk about is cool with me. Yeah. But uh, things like Patreon and Pledge Music, and um, you know, uh, more people just doing things independently. You've got people that are are YouTube stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that they get a career based off of that. And like we have a label in Germany. Yeah. But our our label doesn't give us money. You know, our label splits the cost with us on some stuff. Yeah. But really, it, our label has invested some money in certain things. Like they they paid for us to for our spot on a bus on our first bus tour. But this last one we did, we had to pay for our spot on the bus. You know, yeah. Labels labels are more serving now as like, you know, we have these contacts, we have these these things that you don't have. We can get you to places you can't get yourself, and that's kind of our rule with taking on any other type of um, professional, whether it be a manager, whether it be an agent, whether it be a label, is our first question is, can this person do stuff for us we can't do ourselves? Yeah. And you still have labels that are doing 360 deals with pop stars and, and, you know, are owning people's asses, but you're seeing a lot more people who are independent and are, um, are building careers on their own. And I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but it, it I feel it comes from the ability that we have the internet. Uh, it 
for, yeah, for now. For right now, it's very <laughs> neutral, which I think we're, we're there's still a battle, and that's a different conversation over net neutrality. And it probably will affect uh, not only you guys, but this little tiny little podcast that only a handful of people enjoy, which is fine because I don't want it very big. I don't want to monetize it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But we have so much more ability to kind of get our product out there to the masses in our way without anyone saying, hey, you need to do it this way. You need to dress this way. You need to see this. Like when we had that year of all of the bands that started in the word the, you know? Right. Which, so, I mean, kudos to you. So that being said, you come to Chicago, fourth year changes and goes in this direction of this bitch and rock and roll band. You steal Tony Lee. Um, from, uh, uh, you know, Road Crew, you guys come out, then you come out back, you kind of do the fourth year thing for a while, kind of rebranded MF Ruckus, and just fucking put out a killer, stupidly good record. And oh, thank you. It, it's one of my favorites. And now you're doing this thing as a comic book nerd myself, you're doing this crazy like story arcing of what is like a 32 page 32 issue 32 song three album monster epicness what is the, the, that so okay so the front lines of good times is a uh the the, the vision for it is a three-part 36 chapter serialized um graphic novel and concept album yeah uh now the original plan was we wanted to put one out every month which was why it was going to be 36 uh chapters and that way we would put out one a month for three years basically yeah be three volumes of it right um of course we we uh we've jumped in with both feet and now we're we're man we're in the waves we're we're in the deep end and it's we're starting to see um, the reality of what this project is, and you know, it takes a lot of time for Josh Finley to draw these comics. Yeah, and uh, it takes a long time to do the videos, and it takes it takes time to do the narration, and it takes because we we do all our own voicings on the animated versions of the comic. Um, you know, it takes time to go into the studio and finish the songs, and it, uh, there's an eight week turnaround for just the marketing stuff with the label, and yeah, you know, but. But we're committed to the project and making it happen. But basically, um, the whole idea is I wanted to tell the story of um, – well, the original idea is I was trying to come up with a way that we could release an album or release a few albums without just putting out an album. Yeah. Because what happens is when you put out an album, you've got a couple singles off of it that you might make into videos and the label pushes those really hard and you get a lot of write-ups on – on the album and and then it's just kind of gone and you've got to kind of ride on that album until you make your next one um so it all it 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 has this very short life and i started thinking well what if not only that i felt that the the individual songs themselves um i felt some of the deeper cuts weren't getting the life they deserved so i started thinking okay what can we do that will give each individual song its own life. It will give it its own thing where we can put it out and we can go, here's this song. Here, we're, we're, here's this entire single and here's, here's something that surrounds it, something that gave it just a little more, little more meat. And um, so I came up with this idea of this kind of, we'll say pre-apocalyptic because the world hasn't totally fallen apart or, or maybe like, <laughs> like it, just apocalyptic it's it's sort of at the time of of the world ending but I've year been seven of donald trump's presidency yeah well <laughs> uh it, well in, in, in this in the story he's he's dead he's long dead oh good um because the whole the whole story takes place in in the year 2040 okay um and so basically in the year 2040 um society is all but collapsed um, there's a handful of mega cities that are left in the world and, and a lot of people are kind of piled in there and, and kept under control with, with, you know, fear and, and fascist rule. And, um, 
outside of the the mega cities is just kind of a no man's land where people are left to survive for themselves. And this uh, this fascist government that is in power has driven has, has basically done um, uh, done what happened uh, with Pol Pot, um, where the all the intellectuals and the artists and the journalists and all the, the basically anyone who could be ruled as a as an enemy of the state as a dissident has either been captured and imprisoned or executed or re-educated or or exiled and so the 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 whole thing is uh it's it's a satire you know it's a political social satire and and a commentary and uh and it's a sci-fi story and it's uh and you know it's uh you know just fun nerd porn it's it's all these different things that um uh, you know, I, I've loved so much about uh, uh, the world of rock and roll. I yeah. really love it when when rock and roll bands get weird like that. But yeah, so the whole thing follows us, and we're kind of living in in this outland area, and literally musicians are just bands of people. Oh, I lost you again. Well, just kind of stick together. I lost you for a second. Are, are you? Do you got me? Yeah. So bands are so, so that literally we're we're traveling around just trying to survive. We're um, you know we're playing music as as just another one of the hustles that we do to survive. Like we play music, but we also uh, collect scrap and sell it at different townships and yeah. stuff like that, and and you know do little odd jobs and things like that. But basically, we're literally playing for gas and provisions. You know, we're 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 playing for for and and if you like, if you go to a band's merch table in this reality, they don't have T-shirts and CDs. They have, uh, you know, they have like watch parts and uh, and parts for engines and uh, and you know things that things that they might need to survive or like food rations or things like that. And then also homemade cassette tapes. Um, and there's this, uh, there's this theme going throughout the story where basically, and you may have seen it in the first issue of the comic where I have this, uh, small tape recorder yeah. and I'm doing kind of a log. The whole idea is that a record was originally just that it was a record of a time in history. It was a record of a performance. It was yeah. like, basically we want to make a record of the fact that this particular blues musician or whatever existed. We want to make a record of them doing this performance. Yeah. So basically we're recording these tapes as a record of this journey in this time in history. And uh, one of the things that we do is we record songs on these tapes. And we're basically burying these ammo crates of tapes with the the story of humanity all around throughout the world so that in future civilizations come and excavate the ruins of humanity, they can, you know, have some sort of record of what went down. Okay, That's, uh, that's super fun. Yeah. So, and the plan is, is eventually when we release the final compendium, we're going to have all the content on, um, on a thumb drive. Yeah. Like we'll have the vinyl records, but then we'll have all the comics and all the commentary and all the, all the extra shit on thumb drives. And I found these thumb drives that look like cassette tapes. Oh, nice. Yeah. So basically you're going to have, you're going to have the record and then the, like the log the log of everything that was going on and all the bonus content and all the, so, I mean, it's, it's a fun idea. It's a very long-term thing. And at the rate we're going now, it's going to take us 30 goddamn years <laughs> to finish it. But no. now that's, now that's unless that's unless we can get some people, um, over to Patreon. Um, we, have, we right now have, I think 38 people who are backing us on Patreon at varying levels yeah. and they get, they get access to early content um, they get into shows uh, for free in some cases. They get discounts on merch. Yeah. Um, when we released the first one, I uh, I went and printed a bunch of laminates, a bunch of VIP laminates. I printed a hundred VIP laminates, and I mailed them to fifty people around the U.S., including our uh, around the world actually. Yeah. Including our um, including our Patreon backers and people from our team. I even sent them to the people that I knew would not be able to make the show. Yeah. Just because I wanted them to have that as like 
is like, hey, man, you you were part of this. You were part yeah. of what we've been doing. And that got people into the show for free. We had a little VIP uh, hangout sesh with free beer and pizza and stuff like that. Down I saw that. I was Kings. following your uh, your videos of all that. It was super fun. Oh, man. yeah. And uh, Josh Finley, he, he sold some of the original uh, – uh, pen inkings from the comic and and it was just a fun thing we didn't sell the place out by any means yeah but everybody there everybody who came to that show was a mega fan yeah like everybody everyone who was there was up front the whole time having having an awesome time and uh and yeah uh, it was a hoot man it was it was really great and eventually you know when this thing begins to pick up steam we'll go even bigger we'll have you know, I hope to by the thirtieth, thirty-sixth chapter, be able to put on a show at Red Rocks with a with a black tie event and all. You know, big that, screenings. That, that would all, be amazing. You know, that's that's yeah. the long term vision for it. But right now, we're at the point where we have about a thousand dollar budget that we have to stretch. Yeah, and uh, that all goes to Josh doing the comics, who draws um, them expertly as usual. Yeah, he's really great. And then we've got, um, you know, we've got right now the rough mixes of 12 songs sitting up at Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, Colorado, which is the studio we use to record this. We've got 30 demos that are the beginning of songs just in a Dropbox file just waiting to be finished. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really doing the grind on this and we're really working hard on it. And I have written chapters one through five. I have rough drafts of chapters one through five. Well, chapter one's finished, but yeah. cha- chapter two should be out by April or May, I'm thinking. Okay. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I've got all the way up to chapter five written. And um, and there's gonna be there's gonna be all sorts of weird cameos, and there's gonna be cults, and there's gonna be aliens, and there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be uh, ghosts of rock stars and there's going to be superpowers and there's going to be monsters and mutants and and sex and death and all sorts <laughs> of cool and and tons of inside jokes can, tons of inside can jokes. i can i make a, a suggestion for a random like one panel inside joke just to fuel my own small little ego okay sure somewhere in there i don't like it could be issue 32 or whatever just a little little side panel of me with a little microphone trying to podcast to an audience of just dead junk piles with faces on them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> just like no right. one in there. Just no words. Just like my fat, you know, just all broken and like just lost my mind in the middle of a field somewhere yeah, or something. That's a great that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make a note of that. Cool. That's a great idea. Um, well, we are almost done, Mr. Aaron. So I. I Every time we have someone new on the show. Now, I've asked Nikki D this question, and she's a PhD candidate. So you understand the level of awesomeness this question is. Oh, God. Oh, All yeah. Right. So we ask this to everybody. The question is as follows, and there's a couple of caveats to this question. Okay. If you were arrested with 225 pounds of cocaine in the back of your pickup truck, were hauled off to jail in a jail that you can't escape from, you, but all of your food is taken care of. You're not worried about getting raped. You have electricity, but you're in there for eternity. Okay. What three things would you smuggle in your ass into jail? Now, here are the caveats. Your ass is basically an abyss. You can put whatever you want in there. Okay. <laughs> Just what, like, my co host Dave put Ryan Gosling in there. Dave's gay. So that explains it. Um, his partner said a base. Uh, a can of Pringles and his iPad. So you can put whatever you want in there, right? You cannot use any of these things to escape prison, and you can't have the entire planet in your ass so you can live comfortably. So it's not quite an endless abyss. It's not, no. I mean, there it stretches, but not like planet size. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now you have these oh. for eternity. You're stuck in here. Three things. Huh? Three things. Hmm. I would say a guitar. Okay. 
some sort of um, some sort of recording setup. Okay. Okay. So like so like like uh, either a, like a Tascam uh, digital recorder of some sort, and uh, and uh, so basically something that I could uh, yeah that I could record with. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to say probably a um, a a lifetime supply of uh, lifetime supply of paper. Paper. Wow. All right. Yeah. No one ever says lifetime supplies of things. I don't know why yeah. they wouldn't. Life, like, lifetime supply of paper. The normal answers I get are like, oh, I take my iPhone. It's like it's a couple other things. is like, so you forgot your charger and your power cable? Like, you See, but here's, here's the way I look at it is uh, if I was in a situation like that, I would, I, would say, I would say my girlfriend, but I don't think she'd want to be smuggled in my ass. <laughs> I would hope not. You know, and I, I don't, don't know if that's, be, if that's what she into. That's fine, but whatever. I don't think she'd want to be in prison with me for the rest of my life. No, you know, so so you know, we would let her have a normal life. But if I'm going to be stuck in a place for the rest of my life, yeah, and basically, basically, it's in some ways it's doing me a favor because it has eliminated uh, all the distractions of the real world from me. It's eliminated. It's eliminated the news. It's eliminated a need to participate in politics or society in any way it's eliminated social media you know which is a gigantic distraction and a gigantic waste of time you know i was gonna say a computer because i was like is there a library in the prison um no but you could probably get books i'll I'll, i no one's really asked that but i figure if you know there's ways to be educated so yeah there there'd be a library you can make a request of books and stuff like basically, basically, and here's what I'm saying is I would want the ability to create, okay. and the ability and the ability to, uh, and access to information. Okay. You know, and if I have a limit unlimited supply of paper, I can write letters to people. Yeah. You know, I can still I can still maintain relationships. So, I mean, they'd have yeah. to be in blood because you forgot a pencil. Ooh. I did forget a pencil, didn't I? Yes, you did. Oh man, it's like Burgess <laughs> Meredith sitting on his glasses in the fucking Twilight Zone, dude. It, it just blew my mind. I, it, it's those little things. See, I'm a Doctor Who fan, so I just said the TARDIS, which, oh. right? I I came up the crest, and I get to cheat. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, you know, no, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it. It says a lot about the listeners. Like you want to be able to still be creative and, you know, express yourself. A lot of people just think they're going to go, oh, I'm, I'm stuck in this place. I just want to be entertained. Where you're still, regardless of how trapped you are, you still want to be able to create and hopefully entertain, which makes you a good person, which is why you're on the show. Well, and, and I might have given another answer, you know, even a year ago. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I... I'm really into this idea of, you know, do you want to be entertained or do you want to be actualized in your life? Yeah. You know, do you want, do you want to, uh, make sure you see every episode of game of Thrones or do you want to create a body of work? And I'm really very, uh, interested in, and only for my own, for my own entertainment, because it is still entertainment. Cause let's yeah. be honest, even the Beatles will be forgotten eventually. To some people, they already are. On, on on a large enough scale of, you know, you think about uh, there was times in Roman history and Greek history where there were playwrights and, yeah. and gladiators who were who were rock stars in, in the in the Roman Colosseum. Yeah. You know, but we don't know who they are. It's very you true. Know, the, on, on a large enough scale, even the Beatles will be forgotten. Yeah. And but for my part in life, I want, you know, I want to create some sort of body of work and I want to, I want to make an impact on, uh, on, I want to make an impact on humanity for whatever it's worth. And, and I, I commend you for that as 
Uh, it's it's a very it's a very selfless thing to do to sit there and be like I I want to do this for myself, but I also want to be able to share it. And if people like it, awesome. If they don't, awesome. You know. Well, I mean, and there's an element of it that is totally masturbatory. I'm not going to lie, yeah. but you know, at the same time, we have to take those things that we want to do and find a way to. Uh, do them take the things that we love to do the things that we are really good at and find a way to do them in service of the world yeah and so i really like to play music i really like now the thing that sucks is my my favorite thing to do in the world is to play rock and roll and travel the world with my friends and if i was in prison i wouldn't have my friends and i wouldn't be able to travel the world so the only thing that i would have left is to be able to play music and create and think and learn you know yeah so that's yeah right on well that brings us to an hour good sir um is there anything you want to get all your plugs out for all the patreon stuffs and the instagram yeah if if you want to if uh if any of your listeners so what your mom and your cousins hey 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 i'm gonna (laughs) hit like 50 ish thousand downloads this year thank you very much really yeah we've been at this for eight years man very good. Very yeah. cool. So, okay. So, if any of your listeners want to learn more about, um, want to learn more about our concept album, graphic novel, The Front Lines of Good Times, they can do so by going to patreon.com. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N. Patreon.com slash M F Ruckus. Uh, that's M is in mother, F is in fucker, <laughs> and Ruckus. M F. Uh, patreon.com slash mfruckus uh, or you can go to our website mfruckus.com um, and uh, and yeah check it out and uh, if it's something that appeals to you you can become a patron at any level every little bit helps um, it's a it's a it's a recurrent donation that will really only happen uh, probably once every two months at best and that's if we're really crushing it and if you think about it, uh, you know, most people probably spend more on beer in uh, in a day than they than they would on this um, Patreon project. And we're talking about doing it, you know, once every two months. Yeah, it's a super fun project, and we really want to have people involved in it. And uh, and you get lots of cool benefits, and you get to be part of something that we're hoping eventually is uh, as big as Star Wars. So we'll whoa, see. whoa, whoa! Don't invoke the Holy Trilogy. <laughs> you can maybe have as big as Harry Potter, but not the Holy Trilogy. Okay, all, all right. right. <laughs> I, I, I hope that it's at least as big as as the Ralph Bakshi animated uh, full length uh, Wizards. That's we'll, we'll go with that. Okay, all right. I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, Aaron, following. Aaron, thank you so much for hanging out with me and spending course, uh, an so. hour with me. I appreciate you and I uh, adore you because you're amazing. Ah, um, uh, go on. You, oh, okay, but next time. Uh, you are free to come back and podcast with me anytime you want. Uh, just holler, because I always need co-hosts. And cool, we, man. I we, would love to. All right, man. Uh, you guys have a week. Check out all the Patreon subscriptions and stuff at in the downloadable things we have in the comment section of this blog post. I will see you guys next week. Have a week.